It's uh, hey, hey man, uh, yeah. So just a little tired this morning. Get Why is that? Going. What's going I, on? I, I don't know. I don't know. It uh, just had a big day already. Been to the gym. Took the dog to yeah, go to yeah. the park. Play with the other doggies. Started working already. Took shower. Here we are. I've had a big day already. Yeah, no kidding. It's time to time to wrap it up then. Well, I still I got a big, big day ahead of me. So it's uh I got good stuff going on as yeah, we good. head into the weekend. Right, so right. welcome Happy over Friday 50, to you. Starting over everyone. Yeah. And I'm Merle Garrison. Happy Friday to you. Yeah. Hey, I want to tell you something about last week. So last week we had a special guest on Debbie Weiss, and we did a really interesting podcast about her book, which was um it was about, I'm trying to find the share and wouldn't you know it, two seconds ago, I could find it. No, I know why I can't. And um, we got some really good feedback on it and uh, got a really nice comment from someone as well. And it is right here. So our first of all, what our podcast was about last week was a crash course in dating over 50. Debbie wrote a book available as is a midlife widow's search for love. And it's a really good book. I finally finished the whole thing. And what a roller coaster ride of finding. It's like a kind of a coming of age story where she was very sheltered in her marriage. And at 50, her husband dies of cancer rather unexpectedly, and she is left to find herself in that big void in your life. Could you imagine mm, the void you no, have? No, no, I can't yeah. imagine. I've seen, I saw my mom go through it, but oh, still, right. I mean, you, you can't, uh, you can't relate to it unless you go through it, I, I think. You know, and it's interesting because her and I were talking in the podcast in about, um, I said, Debbie, do you have any advice that you'd give to our audience about getting started with dating? And she said, you know, give yourself time, uh, heal, find yourself before you get going. But I was thinking, speaking to what you just said, is how honestly, how, you got this giant void. I think it's kind of natural. You're going to try to find somebody to fill it as you're trying to find yourself, as you're reaching out to friends and family, you know, you're doing all of that. You're flailing. And yeah, so yeah. I think what it takes is a lot of self-forgiveness in that time. But I will say this is that I think her book would be an excellent read for anybody and everybody in this position, because you'll learn some of the lessons the easy way rather than the hard way. She learned a lot of lessons the hard way in this book. So, oh, so we got feedback right away and I hope she doesn't mind the, her name being up there, but her name is Lee. And, uh, she said, I just finished listening to your podcast with Debbie Weiss. I want you both to know that I was one of the first people to pre-order your book, Debbie, back in August. It was one of the most informative and insightful books I read in a long time. Honestly, I couldn't put it down. I love the humor. It was very humorous, the vulnerability and could relate to almost every single one of your experiences. The similarities between you and I were uncanny. I too was widowed at the age of 50 and spent most of the last nine years rebuilding my life as a single person. Also trying a number of dating sites, which I found to be exhausting. Boy, we talk a lot about that. Mm, mm. Um, your experiences are parallel with mine, although I've not found a match yet as of yet. 
It was so refreshing to know that dating in my mid-50s after becoming a widow, I was not alone. I could imagine how you would feel like that. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for writing the book. And I have highly recommended your book to a number of my friends who also loved it. I wish you great success with the book. You deserve it. So I thought that was excellently written and very thoughtful, certainly may, uh, meant a lot to Debbie. I just made mention, uh, thank you, I'd forward the message on and let us know if you have another uh, subject you'd like to tackle for us here on this podcast. And I wanted to mention that to all of you listeners, that if you want to go to any one of these podcasts and type a comment in here, make a suggestion as to something that you would like to see or hear on here, let us know. Uh, it's uh, really not a problem. It, it's easy for you to do. And it's just at over50startingover.com. Debbie replied, Lee, thank you for the awesome words about the book. I really appreciate it. And to hear that it made you feel less alone means a lot to me. It was a big reason why I wrote it. Life felt so surreal after being widowed, especially dating, often terrible. And I thought this just can't be me. This can't just be me. Thank you for recommending the book to friends. This is so important for a new author. I think that's a huge task to find ourselves as people on our own, um, on our own after spending many years uh, as part of a couple. Our stories are similar in timing, 10 years in April with much gratitude, Debbie. So I thought that was very thoughtful. Wanted to share that with you guys. It was a really good podcast, a super good book. You know, uh, it just seems like dating in general is just a tough thing. It's, yeah. I mean, you know, it it doesn't matter what age you are. It does it does complicate things as you get older in life. And I think, you know, uh, one of the things that I've seen out here in 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 uh, Phoenix is that uh, that it's a much older population out here, mm. and and it's uh, because people come here to retire, and there's a lot of retirement communities and we we end up getting into a lot of conversations about dating and it's it's an interesting phenomenon here because it seems to me like the women are at the biggest disadvantage because there's there's 20 women to every man that's single at oh. at an older age so the the guys seem to have a, quite an advantage when it comes to dating when you're older it's a heck have, of an advantage they have they they they, they really do and uh it it makes it a very frustrating situation for women and and finding somebody that that really cares about them uh yeah. these guys are all about good time, Charlie, and getting out there and having a good time. And these women want to find somebody to settle down with. And so there's <laughs> inherently there's a big conflict there. Well, you know, we her and I talked a lot about that on the podcast because I just was so embarrassed for the behavior of the men that she dated across the board. And I, I want to make sure that I let you guys know it's not a men bashing book at all. She is very um, humble about her deficiencies, whatever word you want to use, naivety, uh, going into all of that. And, you know, so we just talked about how it's hard to be our best selves when we're so insecure, but I am embarrassed by men's behavior, even at our age and beyond. Uh, I, I'm embarrassed dating. by men in general. <laughs> I, I mean, it seems like men have really dropped the ball here uh, yeah. in our in our society. Men, Agreed. there's, a, you know, I mean, 
I remember my dad used to say that uh, any any anybody can be an adult, but it takes some it takes extraordinary character to be a man. And that's uh, that's, that's something that uh, we see today. You know, I just was reading a statistic that uh, men aren't marrying uh, like they used to in their 20s. Sixty seven percent of young men at the age of 30 are still unmarried. And when I dug deeper into those statistics, what I was learning was it wasn't the men that didn't want to get married. It was the women who don't want to marry somebody that's less educated than them, less motivated than them. Uh, They don't want to be held back by a man. And who, what, what person would, I mean, that's, that's logical to me. There's been such a movement though, like the, you could take the, whether it's fourth wave feminism and me too, and all that. And as usual in our society, we take it to the extreme and, and, it's complete men bashing and you know, whether you're mansplaining man spreading it's, there's a lot of sexism against men today. And the statistics are, I can't quote them verbatim, but the amount of men going to college versus women this day, there's quite a discrepancy. There is There's more there's, women going to college now. There's a lot men. of feeling of hopelessness uh, with men these young men these days. And that's really the biggest message that Jordan Peterson puts out there is that he had found that on YouTube, like 90% of his viewers were young men and he was getting constant feedback about, thank you for validating me. Oh, when I have to clean my room, I say in quotes, um, get my life in order and I can get that job and get on a career. He just, uh, gave men validation that it's okay to be a man. And, um, there's just a lot of men bashing today and it's, it's caused, it's quite a toll. What it's also has led to is how do they say it these days? How do the kids say it these days? The cis. Cisgender. No. no. See, that's um, all I know. I'm not cool. Incel. Incel. And I for- <laughs> that was way off of cis. <laughs> yeah. All these things run together for me because they, you know, but what it means is uh, a lot of men have, in, they say involuntary, that's what incel comes from, involuntarily celibate is because uh-huh. they just really uh, have given up on trying to find mm. uh, uh, a mate because it's of this backlash. Interesting. This article I read was saying that these what, what these statistics are proving for men is that they would rather spend a night alone than trying to find a, a new mate. Yeah, I think porn has. Uh, uh, that was where they went next. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly where they went next. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, that's a sick commentary. What? Well, it really is. Then there's just a whole lot of uh, ways that we are making for an unhealthy society today. And we could get into that a whole lot more because I got a lot to say on that. But I want to share something kind of. I think kind of interesting, constructive for people over 50 right now. Hmm. I found this morning uh, this article on AARP. And, you know, I just absolutely love the writing on that. The 10 most age-friendly jobs. Okay. That's okay this fr- looks like one I would like to do, being a tour guide. I would okay. Love to, look at that. That would yeah. be, I could do that. Flexible hours, work from home options, and these are good fit. Until I started reading through these, there's like, 
like, okay, here's your tour guide, Merle. Tour and travel guide, average hourly wage, $15.96. Oh, no. $15. I'm working on tips. I'm working on tips. They can pay me the 15 but I'm, I'll make quadruple that in tips. Oh, that's a, Man, you went right there. That was a very healthy, optimistic attitude. Transportation ticket agent, every hour, average hour, hourly wage, 21 bucks, 22 really. Um, that sounds really like, that sounds like customer service. It sounds horrible. Mm -hmm. Receptionist, $14, 40 cents. This is bleak. Yeah. Advertising sales agent. I don't know who they're advertising for, but $25 an hour. I mean, we're still only barely getting into something livable really. Yeah. Right. Right. Secretary 19. People don't have secretaries anymore. Well, they call them office managers. And and this is, you know, today, as you say that I've found too, these office managers, they are more than, if you want to not be called a secretary, you want to be called an office manager, you better have some value added skills. Like you better be good in PowerPoint, uh, you know, things like that help prepare presentations, which I think is valuable. And I think it's, um, I do too. A mutual mutual trade-off stuff is hard Yeah. now we're getting somewhere merle human resources manager sixty dollars an hour 61 and i'm going to read this one because i think that this is interesting low unemployment the steady churn of workers switching jobs has raised the demand for human resource managers to help hire employees and get them settled in meaningful work and opportunities to collaborate with co-workers are two characteristics that make this hr manager job age friendly I Mm. think that this is Mm. the one viable that I would want to recommend. I think it seems to me almost anyone could do it. Am I right? I'm probably wrong on that. It certainly jumps off the page compared to these other, I mean, it's the price point alone. Let's yeah, let's go. Let's juxtapose that with next one. Seven proofreader, $22. Mm. Insurance salesman. Okay. First of all, proofreading 22 bucks. I don't think that's that bad. If, if you're, yeah. if you're into it and if you're good at it, you gotta yeah. be, you know, editor quality, but to go next insurance sales agent. How, oh, how God. is that? I mean, usually those people make commission, right? So, yeah. I don't know. That seems odd right oh, there. Yeah. It's $24 an hour. So, okay, now we go into the ambiguous business agent. <laughs> yeah, 50, that's what I've always wanted to be. <laughs> right? What the heck does that mean? $56 an hour. I'll have to read this short paragraph. Many business agents are lawyers. Because, what? Many business agents are lawyers because the job okay. often requires them to serve as a legal stand-in. Okay, this is making sense now. For a business or client during negotiations. So you're basically a lawyer without a law firm. It's a so now it's a that price seems low now. It, yeah, you're right. It's a job that tends to lend itself to contract positions, right? But some agents have full-time staff positions. Interesting, huh? Mm. And number ten. Wow, drum roll. Okay, insurance claims adjuster again. Oh, that sounds like pulling teeth. Uh, but thirty-one dollars an hour. It, you know, it's, that's all right. These jobs require um, good people skills and a knack for sifting through evidence. Uh, you're a little bit of a detective to figure out what really happened in an accident and how much the insurance company should pay. Wow, you are the business that you are representing. You are pitted against their client. That's it. Does sound customer. like interesting work, though. Yeah, I you're mean, right about you, that. you're you're gonna see some pretty interesting things, but uh, yeah, interesting. I, I I like this down below the the least age friendly oh. jobs here. 
uh and and they all they all make sense except for that one library library technician i i don't know what does that there mean you got to carry a bunch of books around that's well, that's what i'm thinking and then chemist well let's just read the first few <laughs> just anyway. thinking, yeah. so it's Con Kaboom. concrete and cement worker, <laughs> carpenter, paint. Well, painter, no. This is all uh, going to hurt your back. Well, those would, but like uh, we had a guy in here uh, doing interior painting for a very long time. He was very good at it, just takes a lot of patience. And I don't see why someone like you or me could not do that. I think we no. could. I, I don't think this is saying that you can't do it. I think it's just saying it's least age friendly. And a lot of people okay. our age uh, have like, you know, you're carrying around stuff. Oh, my aching back. You right. know, you're a carpenter, you're a painter, you're a mason, all these things. You're moving around heavy stuff, tool and die maker. That's that's this is these are hard physical jobs. It's a library Those technician. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. Chemist, yeah. you're going to blow stuff up. Uh, because you're you're not thinking you're thinking it's a about I guess a little late to get a start on that is yeah hey, you know I'm gonna be a chemist uh, yeah uh, I'm gonna go back to school for eight years yeah. but furniture and wood furniture dude my my brother and my uncle uh, who are both older than me they mm -hmm. do that as a hobby yeah so you, I, I don't mean, understand why that it there. seems like it seems to me like it's all like you you know you're laying down on the ground you're contorting yourself to not do these really things. not I, furniture or wood for, I, they yeah. do it as a hobby and i mean well, they, both, they like, obviously really love good. it yeah yeah but, yeah i mean i i guess this is uh you getting into this right now like hey you want to be a furniture and uh wood finisher it's, uh, maybe art. if you hadn't been doing that maybe, yeah. maybe that's it but uh, i'd say yeah interesting article too. yeah yeah i thought it was interesting I, I, those those pay points were a little bleak though some were painful. that was a bit depressing yeah yeah only a couple of them seem like really doable unless right. it's kind of like you just want to get out of the house and uh, make a little bit of money i think that's a big thing because a lot of people they're this is they're supplementing their retirement income right so right so that's a little bit different than you know, full-time i'm gonna switch gears now cool and uh just chime in wherever i got three words to say oh the twitter files Ah, very Ooh. fascinating to me. Very, very. And yep. it's uncovering a lot, a lot more. There's been panic going on in, in uh, internally at Twitter as this is unfolded. Uh, but it's clear that the C, is it CSA and our FBI, our intelligence communities have urged the, uh, uh, all social media, the suppression of the Biden lap, laptop which uh, affected an election, uh, COVID information, all during COVID, and, uh, and across all of social media. Uh, they have banned and shadow banned scientists and journalists who are saying things against their, uh, their messaging while yes. allowing the Taliban to buy blue check marks to signify their credibility. Isn't that something? This is huge. And I know mainstream media is still not reporting on any of this stuff. But what's really happening, I mean, it's really coming to uh, millions and millions of people because millions and millions of people are actually listening to independent uh, podcasts like I do all the time. This is true. And so a very large part of this country is becoming very, very well aware at just how, you know, here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, you know what a fascist country really is? Yes, it, I do. 
Yeah, well, it's the the mingling of a a totalitarian type government with the media in order to control free speech and and uh, push a narrative. And it is it's it's largely the left that is thrown around the word fascist all the time. And yet it's the left that's doing this fascist behavior. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, I, I find even calling fascism left is or, or far right is an oxymoron. It's it's just not. It's 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 communism. Fascism and communism are directly linked. Communism's on the left. And I'm not saying the far right is good at all. I'm just saying that it's a it's not it's not a a, a right thing it's uh it's 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 related to communism so uh and and one of the other areas of fascism is business and uh fascists they overtake all of business they don't totally they don't control they don't own the business that's the thing in fascism they let business owners own the business but they control the business owners 100%. They manipulate them. Yeah, and That's I also exactly want to right. make the distinction about when we say the left. Now, let me tell you straight up, liberals who want to fight for a decent working wage, who want to tear down gigantic monopolies that are controlling the company, that are doing the things that are yeah. the best of us middle-class people, they're on the left. I'm not sure if you can say that technically anymore. No, it's it's you know what's really crazy about that. I totally agree with you on this, Barry. Is um, it's it's I mean it's a continuum, the left and the right, right? So, so as a conservative, I would say I'm just right of center. Um, as a liberal, most of my liberal friends are just left of center. That doesn't mean they're leftist. I would consider you that way, Barry. You're a liberal. Liberals and conservatives, we've said this a million times, we have one major thing in common. We love America. Mm, we love yeah. this country. We'd fight for this country. We love our, our families. We love we love uh, uh, being able to provide for our families and being able to secure our posterity, our, our, our kids and our kids' kids' lives, right? But we're, we're all about that. We are united in that area. Leftists are not liberals. They that's hate a, America. Uh, I don't that's know the that, difference. I think if we wanted to really be as fair as we possibly could about that, like I'm only going to speak for myself and, I, and I'll say there are conditions. I love America, but on these conditions that if we could clean up this Marxist thing sweeping the country and that is really, I think, being, um, what's the word, truly oppressive to people's happiness, the pursuit of life, uh, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Whereas I think people on the far left say, oh, we love this country as long as we can just continue to make some changes that Biden seems to be doing a very good job of implementing. I don't I, I that might be where we disagree. Um, I could see I, why you would say that, because I, yeah. there's a lot of hate. They want to the fundamentally change the country. That's that's what the left wants to do. I remember Obama said that when he and when he yeah. came into the to the office, fundamentally changing the country means changing it from its existing America to something else. Yeah, that's what the left wants to do. That seems to be the agenda of the Biden administration to me. 
Um, in fact, so. in the news recently, we just found out that there's a deal with the WHO to give pandemic response to 100% to them. Uh, that's that's going to happen on the that. 27th of the month. That is coming up. Check it out. It's uh, a few so, days. So this is this is um, that fundamentally changes America and gives our sovereignty to uh, an outside party. Now, and is there any chance that this does not happen? It looks like it's for sure going to happen. But here's here's what uh, our our recourse is: is that this, in all essence, is a treaty. And, it, and according to the Constitution, and this is why it's so important for us all to understand what's in the Constitution, is that Congress has to ratify any treaty. You can't just go and, and, and make an agreement like that with another nation or organization without the consent of Congress. They'll never ratify something like this, but we've seen this before. Under the Obama administration, we saw where there was a treaty with Iran regarding, it was called the nuclear deal. That was a treaty that was done purely by executive order. And so we've seen this happen before. The, the way that the Obama administration was able to get away with this was it happened at the very end of the tenure of Obama. So Congress didn't have a chance to weigh in on it. Mm -hmm. um, we, but we've seen this throughout history. For instance, in uh, at the end of World War One, when Wilson wanted to uh, put uh, together his 18 points with the Allies, and he went over there, they formed the League of Nations out of this whole thing. This was all Wilson's deal. When he brought it back to the United States to have Congress ratify it, they would not ratify it. So we weren't a part of that. It's interesting when you take a look at it, but the fact is, is that this is happening. It's something that's below the radar and it's going to happen on the 27th of this month. Hmm. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's staggering when I take a look at this. And that's what, to me, th that's a leftist thing. Liberals would never do that. They would never try to cloak that either. They would, yeah. they would, they would come out and say, "This is why we're doing this, and this is why it's good for America." They wouldn't hide it under the covers, and then surprise, we belong to another non-government organization now. Well, even as you say that, though, why they'll then I I can't put blame leftists only leftists for that because when no i can't either we push bills through congress there's always cloaked crap in there and uh now yes. if the majority of people saw that that was a horrible thing we could do what we could change that i agree but and, and let me let me just say this that what i see here is that our I think Trump was right about one thing, and that is that Washington is a swamp. Yeah. And uh, uh, I see that the leftists seem to have hijacked Washington. And uh, I am most disgusted with the Republicans who have done absolutely nothing. And they stand there and watch and let it happen. And there's an old adage that says that uh, bad things happen when good people stand by and, and just watch evil happen. Yeah. And, um, and you know, evil is a strong word, but uh, giving away our sovereignty to me is evil. On top of that, I'm more disturbed than, uh, than uh, about this than anything. And that is Biden just gave away another half trillion dollars to Ukraine. How, how is he able to do this? And I believe he's at uh, one, a, 
let me see here 113 billion uh yeah. I mean, how is he able to do this in in counting? And that's after he left how many billions or hundreds of billions of uh, in Afghanistan in Afghanistan. And um, we're just putting us into a recession that will last through two generations, at least if this keeps going. It seems like there's a desperation by the military industrial complex to uh, and probably the World Economic Forum and all of those deep state organizations to, hey, man, this guy could die at any moment, or and we certainly know he's only got two years left. Let's siphon everything we can out of this country right now uh, while we can. So it's, it, it's alarming what's going on right oh, now. Oh, it really is. I mean, you know, we saw it this week. Biden goes over to Ukraine on President's Day, which a lot of people were outraged about that, mm-hmm. especially in, because of what's happening in your neck of the woods with uh, uh, Palestine, right. Ohio. And right. here he is over there. Uh, did you see him walk out into the courtyard and the air raid signal goes off? I heard about it. I did. Okay. See it. So it was a very dramatic scene of him coming out, but it was also surreal because he comes out into the courtyard with uh, Zelensky and this ooh, air raid goes off, but they don't change expressions. They don't step up. Nobody seems mm. concerned. I don't know about you, but an air raid signal comes up, up and I'm outside. I'm looking for cover, you right. know, uh, but they didn't. And then later CNN reports these guys from CNN have been in, in town for five days before that. And they're saying, we haven't heard any bombs exploding in the whole five days we've been here. We haven't heard any air raid signals whatsoever until Biden walks out into the courtyard, mm. completely staged. Right. And, sure. um, and, and this is it. The staged drama is to extract dollars out of my oh, pocket yeah. and your oh, yeah. pocket. And, yeah, they, and, and and we don't, do we have a vote on this? Can we, no. do the American people have a chance to weigh in and say, hey, we don't want to fight a proxy war using Ukrainian bodies to fight our enemy. And, and these, I mean, think about when they brag about how many weapons we're sending over there. Yeah. We're killing people, we're, we're killing people. Okay. Well, not only that, With our tax dollars. And I also want to mention that I listened to Crystal and Sagar. They were talking. Sagar is really up on this stuff. And he was quoting reports that most of this weaponry, tanks and so forth, actually never show up. That's what I've heard, too. There's, and there's no accountability whatsoever nope. here. There's, nope. I mean, what do, we don't know what they're doing. We don't oh. know anything about their government. And we keep hearing about, well, we're trying to save democracy. Is Ukraine really a democracy? And by the oh, way, God, no, they're not. We don't right. have a democracy. We have a republic. So the, right. that's a there's a big difference between a democracy and a republic here. So yeah. I, it's just. It, everything they're saying is rubbing me the wrong way. I know. And there's another quote that I'm going to screw up, but it's yeah. something like, and it was from Chris, it was from Sagar, that the military has something like thir- $13 trillion unaccounted for in the last 10 years. Mm. Absolutely mm. no accountability, no accounting for that money whatsoever. And, you know, Barry, this, this, these, these dollar amounts that we keep throwing around is it's kind of interesting because, um, you know, 
I heard Janet Yellen on in a speech this week talking about how they had planned on sending another ten billion dollars uh, additional on top of the hundred and twenty three or whatever okay. it was a billion dollars. Now another ten billion we're going to throw on top of that uh, above and beyond what Congress has already approved. And so I was watching uh, a show. Uh, Okay, what could the United States do with $10 billion if we kept it? And one of the things we could do is we could pay off uh, all of the out-of-pocket expenses for cancer survivors here in the United States. That would that would cover all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it would uh, cover the expenses for everyone going to college. Everyone in the United States could go on, go to college on that $10 billion. I mean, imagine that. Just putting that dollar amount into perspective yeah. is interesting because we we think, oh, a trillion dollars, oh, a trillion dollars. Yeah, I got it. Let me get a trillion dollars out yeah. here. You know, I mean, yeah. a, a $10 billion is an astronomical figure. Mm-hmm. Where is this money coming from? Right. Well, I'll tell you. They're just they, printing it. They're printing it, exactly, yeah. which we know is the root cause of inflation. And they, they had the, the the nerve to do the Inflation Reduction Act, which I haven't seen that working. Just last January, um, they ticked up five point something percent. And uh, this this isn't going away. This no. is not going away. No, this looks like a recession to me that's going to go on for a very, very long time. So but I don't know what else keep to say about just it. Just throwing money at a country and and my it's, question it's total is, embezzlement. It's 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 100 percent going to the military industrial complex. You give it kickbacks to Biden and all his cronies, you know, everybody that they need to keep quiet, probably paying off the media. It's it's an enormous oh, yeah, sure. amount of money in Afghanistan. We knew that a big chunk of it was going right to the uh, the leaders there. Of the, right. Right. Yeah. So and, and, it's and, disgusting. Here's my question, Barry, is wh- wh- when do we win? Like what, what, this is it. This is the perfect money pit. There's no definition for, of when we win. Right. Well, no, we heard not. it was when, uh, oh, when Putin's war ends, well, you know, when he leaves uh, uh, Ukraine, nope, that that's not it anymore. Now it's, well, we have to take him down. We have to, we have to take him out. Well, we, okay. So this is never going to, this is a forever war. Yeah, it is. It is. And as soon as we got out of Afghanistan, they're looking for their next one. They sure were. They what had else it all do you got? Out. Well, it, here's another thing. Just looking at that situation, Barry, is that um, this week, China, uh, the foreign ambassador for China, went to visit Putin. And uh, what it's looking like is that China and Russia are about to collaborate on this Ukrainian scene against the United States. And this is, as we can see, this is a big showdown here. Yeah, we're and this has everything we we saw Biden in Poland this week talking about uh, how we'll defend every inch of nato territory so here's the president of the united states promising our arms our people to fight a war uh, a european war one that really has very little to do with us here in the united states it's like he's already setting it up what what, you're setting up a world war three conventional war scenario there we're already in world war War three right now as far as i'm concerned but this is yeah this is 
a conventional war, World War III, and you're tempting uh, a nuclear a, a nuclear response from they Russia. pushing us to the brink in every way. And this is one you said a while back ago about the World Economic Forum. I think it was you, but that they don't care about the United States. They just move to the next country in line. And it, that's, it really seems like exactly the right case that just push us right to the brink of uh, nuclear war. I mean, we're flirting with it and obviously draining all the money out of the country at for now and future generations. And uh, boy, I had a point there that I completely forgot about. Well, while you're thinking about that, the other thing that's happening as we're as we're bleeding out of a major artery, uh, we are uh, about to be confronted with another war between China and Taiwan, and oh. we are we've now sent additional troops there. Uh, that happened this week, and they're mm. saying it has, oh, has nothing to do with what's happening between China and Taiwan, which is BS. Mm. Uh, but uh, but this is heating up, and when that happens, then we'll be having to deal with multiple hotspots here. And do we even have that capacity at this time? We know that that, that that's the real pearl uh, for China is to take on Taiwan. There's a whole history oh, yeah. there. But yeah. when China when China does that, two other nations are in three other nations are in the crosshair. Uh, uh, Australia, Japan, and the Philippines. Once those fall, then China has a, a clear path to the United States. There's yeah. really very little stopping them from being able to 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 uh, uh, encroach on our shores. So a lot of stuff happening. It doesn't seem like it's being handled well whatsoever by anyone on on our side. And right. I, I just I just pray for. <laughs> for uh, a miracle here because yeah. something's got to change in the meantime barry um i wanted to ask you with all of that happening on the world stage you have something happening very close to you in palestine ohio yeah. i just wanted to get your take on that whole thing well I, it's absolutely disgusting because i've actually followed it a lot crystal and Sager talked about it a lot they interviewed uh, a local reporter from there who really did a terrific job and you can't even imagine you could imagine the amount of frustration and anger that they have uh going on there and they've been very much ignored the the mainstream media has very much ignored this story obviously biden and pete Buttigieg, our transportation chief whatever his title is have completely ignored it i think he's due to go there today isn't he he, oh, he went there, there yesterday. He, okay. he he showed up there yesterday. Twelve at 7 days after. Yeah. Yeah. He. Yeah, they were. They were. Trump saying, went there before he did. The day before he did. Yeah. So it was like they found out Trump was going, and then they were like, "Oh, we got to get there." <laughs> it's disgusting, but uh, the black clouds that have covered that town that they can't even see through in daylight and uh again on the crystal and saga show they talked a lot about the chemicals that uh are in there which i don't remember the chemicals but they're really harmful fish are dying by the thousands pets are dying people are have uh long-lasting endless headaches it's uh and you know, one of the things, the corrupt things that they said that's really going to happen there is there's a lot of people on the brink of poverty there that uh, they'll be offered $5,000 to have an NDA, sign an NDA, can never 
uh, sue again in the future. And so when they develop cancer and uh, yeah. their loved ones <clears throat> develop cancer, they'll have no uh, repercussions. And, you know, if you're $10,000 in debt, uh, that's almost... Um, it's going to be a hard thing to turn away from. It's just right. so twisted. And so it all came about because of the transportation industry was just it, another big, big business just kept saying that, well, we've been putting, we've had too much regulation. We've been putting too much money into the, the training and preparedness of these, of these trains and, you know, almost nothing ever happens. And so they keep stripping away those dollars and taking them as profit. And so then this happens and it's been really a big cover up. Yeah. You know, um, it, oh, it wait is... a minute. and I want to say this whole immediately they come out with the crisis communications person who's talking about this controlled burn. Uh, yes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know if that's totally the case. That sounds very nice. Hey, yeah. Thank you for burning these chemicals in our atmosphere here. But everything about this sounds really like a massive cover up. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I I have no idea what's going on here. Uh, I I'm hearing things like not only was this because this didn't come out into the mainstream media for days until uh, it, it, I, I think it took like four or five days for me to even hear about it. And it still wasn't being covered in the mainstream media. So, yeah, this is huge. I also heard that there have been a, there's a history now of a whole bunch of derailments that have happened around the country over the last few years. So uh, this is, this has been something that has even been further covered up. And here's something that I want to know is that it was a, one of the chemicals was vinyl chloride mm. and uh, that's what they, they were burning. Um, it seems like such a, a uh, strange uh, remedy is to burn the chemicals. That doesn't said, said like... it had the possibility of, becoming a gigantic explosion if not that's what i heard but it just oh, seems like God. well light it on fire doesn't seem like a good idea if you think it's going to explode I, I don't know the, the logic on that I, i'm still trying to process here but um but it seems like you instantly cause a, a, a an even bigger problem by by doing that but but here's the thing and it wasn't the only chemical but the main one was vinyl chloride i found out that that is used in making plastic products uh, it's some kind of a polymer but i was wondering like i wonder why they haven't talked about where that was going like where where who's using that much of that kind of a product that I just found that interesting. I wonder why they haven't talked about that. I don't know. But, and even as you say that upon being burned, uh, it, a lot of it turns into some kind of hydrochloric acid. It does turn into hydrochloric acid. Yeah. And I just Jesus. saw it on the news before the show, someplace 40 miles from that, uh, from the crash site. Uh, this guy is showing where his car got rained on last night and it's dissolving the paint on his car. Oh my God. Uh, you know, and to go back about 10 minutes or 15 minutes ago, when we were talking about, oh, we love this country. And I said, well, I love this country if we could clean up this kind of corruption. And, um, but you know what? I, I always wonder, am I just at that age now where I start where like everybody else at this age becomes very cynical about everything and um, the world's going to end and, and all that. And I say this, I'm going to say again, 
So I'm wondering, I'm saying to myself, I love this country if we could go back to what we were, clean up this corruption and stuff. But you know, last night on Amazon Prime, I watched the movie MK Ultra. Hmm. And let's see. We, I, I, oh yeah, we talked about it before. Like, oh yeah, yeah. There's a movie the, called that. Okay. Yeah, and, I know what MK Ultra is. Okay, and I'll explain. It's about the. I think it was like a 30 year period of time, where our Secret Service, CIA, uh, those those outfits were doing electroshock therapy, torture uh, for mind control. It's all about mind control, LSD experiments, just sadistic stuff, and. Um, and really ruined a lot of lives all covered up and, and and when things happen underground the worst of human humanity comes out and i mean pure sadism and so this and and going back to what was it called with the experiments on black people with castrations and things Tuskegee, like yes uh, experiments yep so when i'm saying this is what's coming together for me as we talk so when i'm saying yeah i love this country if we'd go back to being what we a better country well we never were is my point yeah these kinds of things have always gone on they have and it's because the it's uh, the condition of mankind and i i don't i don't blame our country for the condition of mankind and and when i take a look at you know we talk about love of country and i feel like what you're saying barry is that I, i don't i'm not I'm not getting that you don't love the country until they do things. What I'm getting from you is I love the idea of this country. The things Mm -hmm. that this country is supposed to stand for is what I love. Uh, I hate how people have corrupted that Mm -hmm. and uh, how they've taken advantage of our freedoms. If that's what you're saying, I totally agree. There you go. And what to, to just put a cap on that, what you just said is what makes this country great also makes it vulnerable to corruption. And that that's, is freedom. that's right. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a privilege. This is, is the thing is that uh, this whole crazy notion. Of, oh, you're privileged because you're white, or you're privileged because you know we're privileged because we live in this country. Yeah, it's the go. definition of privilege is in the Constitution is that we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Right. That is a privilege, right. which is being taken away because. What we see is that people take advantage of that privilege, mm-hmm. and rather than uh, putting systems in place to mitigate that, what we're saying is, wait a second, this is out of control. We have this much privilege. We need the government to come in and protect us from this. Yeah. And then we're, we're losing all of those privileges. Yeah. And I think education is a main protection point for these privileges. Um, when we teach people in school, Things that are right. We teach them right from wrong. We 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 help them with these kinds of things. Then that privilege seems to work really well. But when we when that gets corrupted and everybody is taught that they're a victim, then our privileges don't seem to work very well anymore. And we become disunited and our neighbor becomes our enemy. Well, and this is you the go. This is the uh, the situation that's happening. And there are enemies all around this country who are laughing at oh, this yeah. whole thing. Oh, yeah. uh, they're seeing the demise of our culture. And it's our culture that really holds all of this together. And as our culture becomes disunified, that's the opportunity for our enemies to come in. They don't have a better solution. They have a solution that says, 
that they'll enslave us mm. and make us uh, their vassal. And that's not going to be pretty and it's going to be ugly. And we have to, we really have to defend against that, really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it starts with love, love thy neighbor. Absolutely. But it's hard to love thy neighbor when you said they are very skilled at keeping us divided. And they really are. you know how you do that? You start with all this gender dysphoria. And when it you start attacking the kids, and yes. now the pharmaceutical That's company went after our children when they uh, said that we have to make a mandate to vaccinate, vaccinate all of the children because you mm. billions, untold billions to be made there. That's right. In spite of the fact, I do think that there's studies that say that they would have a larger chance of getting myocarditis, uh, which is uh, inflammation of the heart, than they would have actually dying from the vaccine, which you have virtually no um, predisposition to. Now, additionally, so I said about the gender dysphoria is that there has been movements and most of them are kept rather hush hush, but to allow minors to begin hormone blockers without even the consent of their parents. I mean, that's happening. I mean, it that, is we happening. we're seeing stories happened. on that all over yes. the place now. Our children are under attack now. So this is that. So that's the, the, the divisiveness is that, you know, you got so now you got one side saying, but my kid, he seems like he's, you know, trans or something. And they want that to be that way yes, because they do. they're going to be special. And yes. um, and the fact is, every kid's confused and he just oh, how many there's untold number of people that have uh, gone under trans operations that it turns out like something like 90% had the regrets because they simply were gay and there's nothing wrong with being gay. You know, what's wrong is mutilating your genitalia that is irre irreversible. And right. so a lot of people have gone through that. And so these things are extremely divisive and mm, um, they really are. And that's well, the intention. And and this is a, it, it's it's a a psychological warfare that that's being inflicted on us, yeah. and we're seeing it. I mean, you watch the news. I, I mean, I don't watch MSNBC, but what I have seen is I can't even believe that they allow that to be on TV. But it's it's pitting a. a uh, races against each other. It's pitting men and women against each other. It's pitting trans against lesbians. It's pitting everybody against everybody. It seems like the, yeah. the this is a, a propaganda channel for our enemies. And it's it's really taking a toll on uh, on our, like I said, it, it's our, our unity here in the United States that, I mean, it's called the United States. Come yeah. on. Uh, that, that's the key to this whole thing. And we keep hearing that, oh, it's diversity. That's our, uh, that's our, our strength. And while diversity is good, that we all come from different places with different mindsets, I think it's that's it. The thing that's key here is that we're all united in our diversity. Yes. And we never, that's we never hear we that. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, now when the president exactly, gets elected right. and tell us that white supremacy is the biggest problem in this, in this country. Right. right? That's like, unbelievable. Like, wow. I mean, I, I didn't know that. Uh, that's a know, Manchurian I, I candidate right yeah, there. It really is. I was watching a press conference last night, you know, Jean Pierre yeah. and, uh, it, it, it she was talking about the response to this uh, this Palestine Ohio uh, disaster, 
And uh, they, the press was really giving her a hard time about, well, how come the president hasn't been there? How come Buttigieg hasn't been there? And yeah. she kept saying the same narrative over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a response. We sent uh, multiple agencies down there. They were on the street hours after after the disaster. Oh. They were doing this. They were doing that. And this is the president made these things happen. And that was her response. It's all but lies. They asked her, they asked her this, the same question in different ways, and she answered it the exact same way, just in different orders. Mm -hmm. But she said the same thing about this amazing response and all these all these agencies that were all there. And um, I thought, you know, that's interesting because I'm pretty sure those agencies respond to stuff like that because that's their 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 blueprint. Yeah. They're supposed to respond. I don't think yeah. they have to wait for the president to say, go down there. No, no, and no. There's only consistency that this uh this press press has that uh with that office is the only consistency is that they just practice if you say it five times, that's the thing. it'll that's be what accepted I was getting as to. truth. Is that is that they have the press there, and they're going to say that they're going to beat that drum over and over. It's and a over total until, lie, and they're going to beat them down until that's what they write in all of their press yeah. uh, press releases. Yeah. So, uh, I thought that was, I mean, that's what they do. And and as I watch the sausage being made like that, it, it's really, I mean, there's no there's no mystery to it. I mean, it's not. It's not complicated what they're doing. It seems like any fool could figure that out. You would think. Uh, anyway. Our American uh, government, our people are pretty gullible, though. I want to ask you something. Like I've that. been trying to remember. I tried to tuck something away in the back of my mind for whenever I talk to you next. And that was a few days ago. I saw news clips of Josh Hawley. I believe in Congress, given yeah. someone held with a lot of very, very articulate. I was super impressed, but I don't remember what it was. Hmm. I don't know what it is either. I'm <sighs> sorry to say. Um, I do know that um, one of the things that's going on in Congress right now mm. uh, that I'm very excited about is the uh, House Oversight Committee announces probe into State Department for silencing conservative news. Um, this is uh, the uh, uh, James Comer announced an investigation into the State Department after it was revealed by the Washington Examiner that the federal bureaucracy spent hundreds of millions in tax dollar taxpayer dollars on censorship of conservative news outlets. Um, and it's uh, he's asking for a number of State Department documents to be provided for a briefing from Blinken to the committee staff by March 3rd. I I know that right now with the Republicans in the House, they're doing all kinds of investigation. I think Josh Hawley is a senator, though, uh, but this stuff is all bubbling up. <laughs> so investigations typically start at the House level. And now that the Republicans are there, they're looking to understand, you know, some of these things that happened. And um, we I know you love that when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny i know it is I, if I you're listening he's his, his video started doing the max headroom thing again uh, and it's really funny the, the the whole thing though is that the government should not be in the business of censoring anything um right you no know, not 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 left-leaning or right-leaning or any leaning they that should not be it and yet they're spending our tax dollars to do this without our permission 
mind you. Right. <laughs> and uh, this is this is the sick thing that's happening here that that just has to stop. You know, you might not agree with what one entity says, but if you eliminate their voice, then you never can actually use your critical thinking to come right. up with your own opinion. Right. And that's what they're trying to to eliminate is you being able to think for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, a couple years ago, and I started hearing about QAnon. I'm like, what's QAnon? It sounds like a rumor. And I was Googling it and I couldn't find anything on, on Google. So I, I literally said in a comment section somewhere that uh, I just believed it was five guys in the Florida Everglades drinking <laughs> beer and coming up with goofy stuff. Well, then that finally that um, documentary came out, Q into the storm, and I got a full education on it. It's like, holy crap. And to your point, I 100% agree. If you don't like the information, you combat it with better information. Because when you just put something underground, and if you don't like it, it's going to grow. It's going to grow. And, uh, and I just believe that you better, if you want to be able to combat something, you better be able to find out about it. And yeah. so I'm saying either way, if you like something or don't like something, um, you know, I think QAnon was, uh, or is uh, some really shady, weird stuff, but I think that it should be able, I should be able to find out about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. I do not believe in censorship at all. It, and what people get to all the time where people get hung up is, well, what about hate speech? Well, you try to define hate speech and you're going to go right into full-fledged censorship. That's exactly right. That right. is a slippery slope right there. Right. They, and actually, freedom of speech and the First Amendment was actually designed to protect hate speech. Yeah. If you, if you really want to know, because sure. nobody needs protection from happy speech. <laughs> oh, protect right. us from that you're right. free to say something good that's always been the case right it's, it's freedom to say things that people don't like is really why that's that's there so you know and, i guess a moral to the story about what we've been talking about for a good half hour if not more is uh the propaganda the misinformation yeah. the corruption and yeah. you can't get you can't do anything about any of that if you don't have freedom of speech and we no. don't have it in the media that's right. Everything's because you're completely disarmed. You're disarmed. If you, you don't know, have the information, you're disarmed. You're totally disarmed. And you can't you can't get to anybody, even in the Daily Mail, where I like to put comments uh, in, well, dwindling amount of uh, articles that they allow comments on. And then the ones that they do, they'll say that comments are moderated. And then once in a while, they say comments are not moderated. Those are the ones I look for. If you put in any form of military industrial complex, and I mean, I'll do tricks to try to abbreviate it, use a number one instead of the I, that kind of stuff. It's censored. It's 100% censored. Isn't that something? That's a well, big secret that they don't want out of the bag. Barry, this takes me to the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. Um, oh, so did you see that uh, he, James O'Keefe was ousted from yeah. his position of CEO and chairman yeah. by his board? Was it, wasn't he the founder? 
He was the founder. He's Yo. he's the one that founded it. He's the one that uh, grew it. He he is Project Veritas, mm-hmm. and yet he was he was let go. Now he actually there's a recorded speech that he he put together for his team uh, when he was saying goodbye to them. It's about half an hour that's now viral, and you can hear uh, exactly what happened right there. But uh, it was. What happened was Project Veritas, and you and I talked about this, Project Veritas put out a, a um, you know what they do, they secretly record people and they got a board member from Pfizer to say that they were supercharging viruses in order to create vaccinations for them. And he didn't know he was being recorded. Well, you know what that is. It's gain of function. Yeah, right. And uh, and that's it. That's highly illegal. So the story breaks. It happens to be Project Veritas's biggest story ever. They got the most views out of that than anything else. And within two weeks, the board gets rid of uh, their CEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coincidence? Well, take a look at uh, Frontline Doctors now. Uh, Simone Gold is the CEO of Frontline Doctors. It is the the big resource of information for people that did not want to take the vaccination. These people were all over that. Mm-hmm. It's a direct affront to Pfizer. Mm-hmm. And the board voted to get her out of there as well. And she lost her job as CEO of that company because of the board as well. And so look at the power that a company like Pfizer has. And we go back to fascism, Barry. Um, This is how fascism works. And it is a dirty, dirty business. And um, these people are, we talk about information and how in a a fascist society, information has got to be 100% controlled in a communist society. That's the same thing. Look what's happened, how they use their they're the arm of business in order to shut down communication, in order to shut down dialogue. And here in America, our whole country is based on us sitting down and reasoning together. But when you take away a big part of information, then we can't actually reason together anymore. And look at what's happening here. This is really, really amazing. I want to correct one thing you said that gain of function research is illegal it's not it's uh it's, i thought it was uh, banned in the united states i don't i don't know i don't think it's banned in the united states fauci is the one that uh has funded this himself yeah, and, which and was by uh, executive order it was made illegal okay okay yeah that's what this whole thing is about and that's why fauci well, I was know brought that. up I know that Obama stopped gain of function research. Right. Uh, yeah. Like that's never been rescinded. Never but, been rescinded. But then under Trump, and this was from uh, maybe it was Matt Taibbi, who's an independent journalist. I really like him a lot. Uh, I remember. I do uh, too, by the way. I didn't. I didn't think you know who he was. Um, yeah, he's the one that's been doing all the Twitter files. Oh right, right. Yeah, that's so disturbingly. And he's a liberal. Yes, he is. And uh, yeah, he, boy, he, he worked, he cut his teeth at Rolling Stone. And he talked about that recently a lot in about, you know, it was the rock and roll 
reporter kind of cutting edge reporting and, and just how leftist that they went, that they went off the deep end. Well, you know, Big they're time. the ones that broke the story about Joe Rogan and horse dewormer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, um, you know, that Ivy they've drug. been, you're talking about Rolling Stone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They've been involved in some real New, bad I stuff. Believe it was a New York times picked that right up and, mm -hmm. and, and CNN and CNN. I mean, mainstream media basically went all over on that and made fools of themselves. And they wonder why their ratings have gone right in the toilet. So, I mean, they did something. Remember that story, the hit job they did on uh, General McChrystal out in Iraq and they brought him down and they, they were working in collaboration with the Obama administration and. And these guys have that. been involved in some crazy, the Rolling Stone, Rolling Stone oh. magazine. It's oh, just, okay. It's supposed to be about rock and roll. What? What? But they, <laughs> they were doing cutting edge reporting, like in the early 2000s yeah, and yeah. stuff, but they just yeah. got corrupted as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, here's another information war uh, item that I learned this week is that uh, there's a company out of Israel. Now I don't have the name of the company in front of me. I wish I did. Uh, but um, you can hire them and they will support your propaganda with 30,000 AI online bots that mm. look like, you know, the guy down the street and there's a whole history of them and everything. The problem is he doesn't exist. Right. And so you, you can hire 30,000 and that's just one company out of wow. Israel that you can hire uh, and then, you know, somebody like me puts out something on Twitter, it says, no, that's wrong. And then 30,000 people come in and say what an idiot Merle is. And then yeah. who are you going to believe? Wow. And that was really articulate the way you explained that. Hmm. Um, no, there's a there's a whole lot of that. Social media is accessible. I got to say, it's but, it's a it's a shame that we got to rely on, that we got to become an oligarchy and rely on um the altruism of someone like Elon Musk to buy Twitter for $44 billion uh, in order to uncover it. Uh, I know. Right. Isn't that thank something? God though, huh? I, yeah. Thank God. And then I start to wonder what, should we be concerned about Elon Musk? I mean, he's, sure, he's, man. he's one that's, guy, that, that's right? That's the problem like, with an oligarchy. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, because who else you got that's like that? Bill Gates. I don't trust that guy. No, no, no. Well, and so, so this brings me to this. Um, you know, I was in a great conversation the other day. I got invited to a, a dinner party. And uh, they had seen a couple of podcasts that uh, that I had put out, actually, with the Black Ops report. But uh, the, the guy I was talking to was saying how much he appreciated these types of podcasts. We say this all the time, but I love when I hear it from somebody else, oh, yeah. how much he appreciates this kind of information, because you're just not going to get the truth on mainstream media. And the people that do podcasts like what we're doing here, Barry, we, we don't have any motivation to put out some cockamamie story uh -huh. to try to get people to believe it. I mean, we're, we're doing this for free, doggone it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so what, what our true motivation is, is to get the truth out. To and try to this seems to be one of the very few places, these types of podcasts, the, one of the very few places left where you can get real honesty, real integrity and real journalism. And uh, it's a shame, but it also offers up a, an opportunity for for people like us to 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 be the watchmen. And because back to well, we well, care about this country, we love this country. We don't want it to. This is why we're doing this. 
because we don't want it to get screwed up. We want people to understand. Right. But I will say we're certainly not journalists. We're not going out there and collected the collecting no, information no. on ourselves. my other show. We are. Okay. But what we are, are very curious people that sift through a lot of different in information and try to connect the dots with the most trustworthy right. sources. So, yeah. that, I mean, that's about the best thing I could say about that, because we're in an age right now. It's just so hard to know. what that, That's what journalism is, though, is mm -hmm. going out there and uncovering and researching. I mean, and it's in its true simplicity. That's really what it is. And then reporting it back to people. That's really that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, we don't see the news media doing that. Like back to the Jean Jean Pierre uh, mm -hmm. press conference, she was saying all of these things, and it seemed like naturally, if I were there, I would say, "Yeah, but what about this, this, and that?" But they never, they never have any follow up questions mm -hmm. anymore. Like right. it seems like you can say the dumbest thing. And people will just, oh, okay. Well, uh, if, if know, Peter snow, Ducci snow happens when it's a hundred degrees, yeah, oh, okay. If Peter yeah. Ducci gets sick, there's no We're accountability. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no accountability that's going on in that press conference. He he just he has got, I'll just say balls of steel. He, he really does. Really does. I've never hey, seen I want to ask uh, you anyone that stands out as much as he does in the because no one else to say it. Right. Yeah. Right. He would be he uh, uh, 10 years ago, maybe 20. He would just be a normal guy in the yeah. press because everyone was like that. Right. Now he's a thorn in their side. He sure is. Boy, he is. he's just to see the way Obama or Obama, the way Biden looks at him when he calls out of me. Oh, I got to call. He, his face gets all. Oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of press, uh, lightening it up a bit, because I'm going to have to go in a couple minutes. You realize we haven't heard anything more about the so-called UFOs being shot, though? Yeah, I knew that was going to happen, Barry. But come on, first of all, if you shoot down a UFO with a missile, it's not extraterrestrial. Right, you right. <laughs> what are the chances that you could shoot down yeah. one, a UFO? With, I mean, one of these whatever you know what i'm talking about right yeah you know the thing um <laughs> so and the fact that we haven't heard anything more about it is just more about i don't know is it all was it all for distraction so that they could pass some bills for billions of dollars again or well, i don't know i don't understand what i don't know what's happened there. either but i mean the whole thing it makes me very nervous about how uh how our country is being protected you know yeah. i mean we let this balloon collect a whole bunch of information and we didn't do anything about it and then the next week we're shooting ufos down <laughs> Um, you know, yeah. it seems like, did, did we actually shoot anything down or was yeah. this like, uh, okay, you know, let's, let's, uh, throw some skeets up there and show, tell people that we shot down an enemy to make yeah. us look good. And then the very next week you got Joe Biden and in, in Kiev looking like Clint Eastwood with the, with the air raid signal going on and everything. This seems like complete, uh, theater. Kabuki theater. Yeah. <laughs> Those. well hey Crazy, you got man. Any, anything interesting going on for the weekend um i don't have anything planned and i love it that way i've Good. had the last few weekends have been everything right. planned out and uh whew, i'm glad to to have one where you got a breather yes i don't know what, i don't know what we're doing either and uh i've just i've had a very busy week and i got um i'll be working some during the weekend too to get ready for a big presentation monday evening which is fun 
Right on. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you have a great weekend with Lisa. I tell her I said hi. And uh, so this is always, this is good, man. Good, good, uh, good always stuff fun. today. All right, buddy. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, so have a good weekend, everyone. And I got, I hope I could get this thing out today. We'll see. All right. All right, buddy. We'll talk, Take care, talk man. Talk to you soon. All right. Yep. Bye.